0: Today on CityCast Philly, parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and New York drink from the same water supply, the Delaware River, and it's not always easy to share with others. Today, I'm speaking with a journalist about a rocky history with splitting water between multiple states and why New York City is trying to tighten their grip on our shared water. It's Tuesday, September 5th. I'm Trinay Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Bagenstos, you're an independent reporter with a focus on the environment. You recently wrote a story for Grid about Philly's water supply. So, what does New York City have to do with our water?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of Philadelphians probably don't realize they they share the same source of water with New York City, which is the Delaware River. The Delaware River starts up in the headwaters up in upstate New York. Basically, those all these little headwaters collect and turn into a river, and then it runs. South, you know, the border of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and then into into Delaware. And uh, yeah, so Philadelphia New Yorkers share the same source. New York has a bunch of uh, reservoirs that they then channel the water to New York City. Uh, The water that's kind of left over, so to speak, is a lot of it, Uh, comes south. And then Philadelphia pulls a very big portion of its water from the Delaware River, From the Baxter intake in Northeast Philadelphia. We get some water from the Schuylkill as well, which New York does not, but for the bulk of it, we're sharing uh, the same river with New York City.
0: Kyle, I'm curious, why does New York City get first dibs on the water?
1: (laughs) Uh, Geographically, (laughs) they're north of us and the river comes from the north. No, I mean, you know, this is something that, um, you know, New York made a decision at one point that they were going to make these reservoirs in the upper headwaters, you know? And from their point of view, it's probably a pretty sound strategic decision, right? Because they can more or less guarantee then that they have a a water supply, but you have to make sure you're releasing enough water to get down to New Jersey, to get down to Pennsylvania, get down to Philadelphia, right? Is that going to be enough, especially uh, when New York is trying to, you know, lower some of the requirements of how much water it needs to send south. So yeah, New York by virtue of maybe some, forward thinking and they're just geographic place in the watershed. They have kind of an inherent advantage here, but there are these legal processes in place that are supposed to balance the interests of of everyone.
0: Okay. Is this an easy question to ask, but who actually controls the water?
1: (laughs) It's a very complicated question to ask, actually. Uh, So over time, as kind of water has become a more hot topic issue, states cities have started kind of competing for this water and so we saw in the 20th century the kind of infrastructure that was put into place uh, to help try and you know have a diplomatic system for who gets to use what in the water the primary organization is called the delaware river basin commission which is this quasi federal state sort of thing there's five voting members you have the federal government Then you have the governors of New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. And so that's the organization kind of charged with trying to work out all these tough questions about who can use the water for where, who can take out of it, who can put into it, commerce, this sort of thing. So in theory, these parties are all supposed to to get together and and try to come to a consensus, or if they have to, a a 3-2 vote to decide big questions of water use for the Delaware River watershed.
0: Each of these entities or representing bodies of the different states, what do they have to do to maintain the water?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a really tough thing. It's why this organization is in place, because what might benefit one member or, or entity within the basin might harm another, right? So if you have commerce that maybe wants to use the water for a number of purposes, maybe they want to discharge some pollution into the water, you know, within legal limits, Sometimes they're allowed to do that, but that can affect water quality for animal life and plant life or potentially drinking water quality. Right. So it's this really complicated mm-hmm. uh, kind of mix. But uh, for certainly like more significant uses and, and bigger kind of more holistic rules, the commission is the one often kind of stepping into set and make sure that what one state is doing isn't, you know, detracting from the others. In theory, that's that's how it works.
0: Right. In theory, that's how it works. But I'm sure there can be some conflicts, right?
1: Yeah. There there were two really big conflicts, especially for this question of, of water use and, and pulling water from the river. It was actually a Supreme Court case twice in the 20th century. Once, I think it was in the late 1920s early 1930s, or it was in 1954, where New York's building these reservoirs to store water to send to New York City. And I think primarily New Jersey, but Pennsylvania tagging along, saying, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, we want to use that water too." Right. And uh, that case going all the way to the Supreme Court. You know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, other members of the watershed kind of ended up in court fighting over the rights of the water, and the court established an agreement where New York City got 800 million gallons a day, New Jersey got 100 million gallons a day and New York was required to also like keep a certain flow rate coming down the river to make sure there's enough water for these lower parts of the river you know and that's more or less how they've been operating since and the question is you know is that still appropriate
0: could there be another conflict over who controls water again
1: yes I mean that's that was the really big question this piece explored so we've been fifty almost 60 years now from the drought of records so in the 1960s things got really dry in the watershed and the salt line which is you know the salt water coming up from the Delaware the Delaware River is actually for most of its you know stretch is is fresh water right it's you can drink it well you treat it first and you drink it but <laughs> it's a very what people think of as a traditional you know kind of river but it empties into the Atlantic Ocean via the Delaware Bay and the salt from the ocean pushes up the river. And so at some point uh, there's a specific you know amount of salt where it becomes fresh water versus salt water, right? And so that's the salt line. And the salt line typically is around Wilmington, Delaware. But in 1960s, the drought was so bad, the salt line got all the way up to, to Philadelphia, close to the Betsy Ross Bridge, only a couple miles downstream from Philly's big water intake. And if it reaches that intake, It can cause all kinds of problems, including potentially as much as having to shut the plant down or having to install really expensive (laughs) treatment facilities. And so, you know, with climate change bearing down, scientists are expecting competing extremes, really extreme storms, a lot of flooding on the other end, you know, unprecedented type droughts. And so that's the big question right now is as the sea level rises and pushes that salt further to Delaware, if we get a really bad drought, are we going to be in a space that we haven't been for half a century or more in terms of you know, New York, Philadelphia, other users really starting to to compete over over water and getting into really, you know, potentially really significant questions about, you know, the viability of drinking water for for Philadelphia.
0: Kyle, you reported that water officials in Philly say New York City is actively planning to send less water in the future. So what are officials in Philly planning to do about this? and other threats to our water supply?
1: Yes, it's a really big thing right now. Both the Delaware Basin Commission and the Philadelphia Water Department have scientific staff who are well aware (laughs) of this potential uh, worst case scenario outcome with the drought. So they're really involved with doing modeling right now, right, to try and figure out, okay, let's take the worst drought we've ever had and multiply it by whatever factor, right, for, for climate change coming in, to basically see, you know, how we manage water right now is it going to be adequate to make sure we're protected from the worst scenarios? And so there's a big political decision, I think coming up in 2028, a couple years away still, but where I think the members of this commission are really gonna be getting together and looking at this problem. So these scientists are really trying to model now to get information ahead of time, well enough ahead that they can make some decisions and around it, you know, and plan plan appropriately. And I think too with the Philadelphia Water Department, they're also starting to think about, you know, plan A, B, C, D, E. You mm-hmm. know, um, if New York does try and kind of uh, lower the requirement for how much water it has to send south, they're prepared to fight that in court if necessary. But there are these legal processes in place that are supposed to balance the interests of, of everyone.
0: And I hope that there's no decision that leads everyone back to court. So let's hope on that. That was Kyle Bagenstead's independent reporter. Thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Enjoyed it.
0: To read Kyle's full story, check out the link in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about how we get our water, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.